Good morning, everybody. Good morning. He has come. Would you stand and worship with us, one, please? Two, one, two, three, four. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give heed to what we say. Jesus Christ is born today. Oxen lamb before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and everyone. Good morning and welcome to worship. It's so good that we are here to praise the Lord this first Sunday after Christmas and the first Sunday of winter. And all you folks outside, I'm so glad that you're able to sit in the sunshine and be semi-warm. The Children's Ornament Fundraiser was a great success. And we want to thank each one of you who purchased ornaments and special thanks to Jesse for all the coordination and the creative work and riding herd on the kids. You did a wonderful job. And speaking of children, Spark, the new children's worship time, will start up on January the 10th at 9 o'clock in the Education Building. And last but not least, please continue to make reservations for indoor worship with the office by noon every Wednesday because we want to make sure we have a space for you. The first scripture reading today comes from Isaiah chapter 61 verses 10 and then through chapter 62 verse 3. 
I am overwhelmed with the joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring, with plants springing up everywhere. Because I love Zion, I will not keep still. Because my heart yearns for Jerusalem, I cannot remain silent. I will not stop praying for her until her righteousness shines like the dawn and her salvation blazes like a burning torch. The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory, and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The Lord will hold you in his hand for all to see, a splendid crown in the hand of God. The word of God for the people of God. Let us join together in an attitude of prayer. Merciful God, we thank you for this week full of blessings, and we are especially grateful that we were able to celebrate the birth of your son. We're also grateful for the lives you shared with us, and we have comfort knowing that those who have passed are now celebrating with you. Father, we ask that you guide us with your Holy Spirit as we prepare for a new year. Let it be a year in which we grow in our faith, follow you more closely, and show your love to all. We ask that you teach us to find your fingerprints everywhere, and we ask for your help so we can always reflect your mercy goodness, and light, and enable us to make your kingdom, which has no end, known to all your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. in the darkness shines with the promise Emmanuel One child born in the stillness living within us Emmanuel We're singing glory glory let there be peace let there Singing glory, glory. 
start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow that is to see all of you here again on this gorgeous morning for the folks that sit outside the weather has just been wonderful praise the Lord praise the Lord let's pray gracious and loving God we thank you for this beautiful day we thank you for all the gifts that you give us we thank you most of all at this time for your son who came to save us, to die for our sins, and to reign with you forever. Lord, we lift up those we've named. There are many more that we have not named. You know who they are. We ask your healing touch. We ask your comforting touch. We ask your presence for those who are lonely. Lord, we lift up those around the world who live in areas of violence, who live in areas that are torn by war, who don't have the basic necessities of life. Guide all of us Remind all of us how blessed we are, how good we have it, and always make us ready to share our bounty with those around us. Lord, I lift up the leaders of this nation and all the nations of the world that they would seek and do your will. And Lord, I ask as we prepare to enter a new year that all of us would recommit ourselves to our love for you and neighbor. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that our actions might bring light into the dark areas. Love to those who have not known love hope to those who are downcast all of the good things that your son showed us about you and now we pray as he taught us to pray saying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. Well, when I was thinking about today's passage and today's message, I kept having this reoccurring image of when I was, when I was young, when I was young, probably not so much here, but for some of you, some of you didn't grow up and, and live around here. I'm one of those. When cold weather would come, we would take our winter clothes out of the cedar chest or out of a garment bag, you know, with the, with the mothballs in it. And I had, um, I had some wool shirts. I don't have any more. I, don't, I mean, you don't need them here for crying out loud. I had some wool shirts and other winter garments, and I can still remember when you first took them out. You could smell the cedar from the cedar chest. We had a we had a, a Hudson's Bay blanket, I remember that was uh, that got broken out in the winter time, and you could always smell the cedar from the cedar chest in that, or you could smell the naphtha from the mothballs in your other clothes the first couple of times you wore them. I had that image this week as I was thinking about, particularly about Simeon that we read about in today's Scripture reading. Today's Scripture reading comes from the Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter, verses 22 through 40, and I've asked Rebecca to read it for us. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple And when his parents brought the child Jesus to do for them what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. 
She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Then, as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. And at that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to whom, to who were looking for the redemption of Israel, of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who sent Jesus as our salvation, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Well, again, this is one of those passages that, gee, I could easily speak for four or five hours. There's so much in here. Luke is so good still. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I have arguments with myself about who's better at being, getting a lot of information into a few words, Luke or Mark. Luke certainly does a wonderful, wonderful job. Well, he starts out here, okay, let's, let's, let's set the context. Jesus is 40 days old. That's what's going on here. Jesus is 40 days old. Now, how do I know Jesus is 40 days old? I know Jesus is 40 days old because they're, they're going to the temple to present him. And Luke does an interesting thing here. He says their purification. Well, is he wrong, or is he slipping something subtle in there? So there's no, there's no purification for Joseph, but Mary, Jewish women, when they had a child, they were unclean for seven days. Now, we know the, the preceding verse, Jesus had gotten circumcised on the eighth day, but we also know Mary wasn't there because she was still in the days of her purification. You're unclean when you have a baby for seven days, and then you have a period of purification of 33 days if it's a boy child and 66 days if it's a girl child. And so Jesus, being a boy child, they, they brought him to the temple at the end of the purification with the two doves, or pigeons on the 40th day. So Jesus is six weeks old, basically, here at this particular time. And we also know that Mary and Joseph didn't have a lot of money because had they been able to afford it, they would have brought a lamb and a dove or a pigeon. The lamb for the burnt offering the bird for the sin offering. But in this case, since they were poor, they had two birds, one for the burnt offering and one for the sin offering. Now, I point all this out because it's, in, it's, 
extremely important for us to remember. And I think, I think too, we're probably in one of those times where it's easy to do. When we celebrate Christmas, it's easy to forget that Jesus was Jewish and his parents were very, very devout Jews. And they did, as Luke recants to us here, everything that was required in the law of Moses. They did it, and they, and, and they came there. The other thing they're doing is, and if, and if you want to read about the, uh, the purification and the, the proper sacrifices and all of that, you can read it in Leviticus chapter 12. It's all laid out very clearly there. They're also redeeming Jesus. They're presenting him at the temple. Because in Exodus chapter 13, it's commanded that all the firstborn children be redeemed and presented to the Lord. Now, this is another really, really important thing because think about it. Think about it. Luke is reminding us that God had instructed the Hebrews to always remember being released from bondage in Egypt. The Exodus, by, by presenting the firstborn child, the Exodus was made alive to every generation, to every generation on an ongoing basis. You see, because we all, all of us stand in need of redemption from the Lord. And Jesus came to do that for us. But every generation is reminded again. And when they go through the remembrance of the Passover and the freeing from bondage from Egypt, they say, I was freed from slavery in the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. So, Mary and Joseph were there in the outer court of the temple because, of course, Mary still can't go to the inner court because, because she couldn't. Women weren't allowed. So they're in the outer court, and this, there's this man, Simeon. Simeon. Simeon means to hearken or to listen to, to listen to, to hearken. And Simeon had listened to the Lord all his life. It said he was a righteous and a devout man. And it said what? The Holy Spirit was on him. Again, we've, we've talked about this some in the past. The Holy Spirit's all over the New Testament. It's not something that just came along on the day of Pentecost. There was a, a special anointing and a, and a special falling of the Holy Spirit on the early believers on the day of Pentecost. But the Holy Spirit had been with us from the beginning with God and Jesus. Uh, we can read in Proverbs about, about the Holy Spirit. But anyway, I digress. Simeon was a righteous and devout man. And it also said what? He listened to the Holy Spirit. He listened to the Holy Spirit. And he had been told by God that he wasn't going to die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Wow. It's pretty incredible. That's what I was thinking about 
the garments in storage in the cedar chest or with the mothballs in the garment bags. You know, I would think Simeon, to me, if, if Simeon walked in, I think we'd know it. He just exuded the smell of holiness and righteousness. He, he, he was so in touch with God and what was going on. And Anna as well. Anna as well. We'll talk about Anna in a minute. But so what does Simeon do? He blesses them. It says that Simeon blesses Mary and Joseph and the baby. He gave them a blessing. And then there's Anna. I want you all to say something. I want you all to say something. When, when we say things and it, it helps program them in our head and it makes it easier for us not to forget them, I want you all to say, I'll never forget Simeon and Anna. I'll never forget Simeon and Anna. Okay, good. You know, and think about the smell of something coming out of a cedar chest, if that helps you. Because correlations like that help our memory tremendously. Anna, she's 84 years old. Wow. You know what John Wesley said? John Wesley made a comment on Anna. John Wesley commented on just about everything. In his notes on the New Testament, he commented on Anna, and he said, you know, there she was. She's in the temple. She's 84 years old. He says, there's no excuse for anybody to say, well, I'm too old to do anything useful. Right? And he said, she was a good example of it, an excellent example of it. So Anna, too, comes up and blesses Mary and Joseph. 84 years. Now, I don't, I don't believe she actually, I, well, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure historically, she didn't actually live in the temple, but she was close to it, and she was there every day, it says, praying and fasting in the temple. And she, too, it says what? She was a prophetess. Now, look at, look at what else Luke does here. We're all familiar with, with the fact that Jesus came to save everybody, and Luke reminds us that of that when he talks about the light of the Gentiles there in, earlier in chapter 2. But he makes clear to point out that Anna, Anna, by the way, is Greek for Hannah, and Hannah means what? She is gracious, right? Or grace. That's what, that's, that's what Hannah, Hannah means. It says her father's name was Phanuel, which means the face of God or one led by God. And she was from what? She was from the tribe of Asher. The tribe of Asher. Happy. Now, why is the tribe of Asher important? Asher was a northern tribe. Luke has included everybody in his narrative. Jesus is born in, in Bethlehem in the city of David, so we've got, all the, we've got Judah covered. But if you're not careful, you could leave out Israel, the northern tribes. But Luke doesn't. He makes sure that everybody knows that Anna is from the tribe of Asher. And she's a prophetess. And she too, she too blesses Mary and Joseph 
and the baby. Now, I just want us to take a few minutes and think about we measure time. You know, we say, okay, we're at the end of this year. It's December. We got a few days left. Some people are hoping their child will be born so they get another tax deduction. And, and some people are doing the, the end of the year stuff, whatever that is, all the end of the year stuff. And we're preparing for a new year. But what I want us to think about this morning, this first Sunday of Christmas, again, is Mary and Joseph, Simeon and Anna, they were just people. They were just people who listened to God and obeyed God. They went through the rituals that God had given us. You know, rituals are important. Rituals are important. They remind us of the sanctity of life and the presence of God among us all the time. And these people were careful about doing that. But they weren't ordinary people. Neither are y'all. See, it's like C.S. Lewis said, there are no ordinary human beings. There are no mere mortals. We're all created in God's image. We all have a divine spark in us. And we all have the ability, like Simeon and Anna, to always be grateful, to be humble, and to bless others. To bless others. We all have that ability. So as we enter a new year, I want you to never forget Simeon and Anna. And I want you to remember that you're no mere mortal. You have the ability to bless others. You have the ability, like Simeon and Anna, to tell those around you about the Messiah, about the Savior that's born, that brings light and love to the world. Amen? Now go in peace. And as you go, remember, you're no ordinary human being. You have the ability to bless and to spread light. And do that with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.